1: So put on your tiara,
0: or your evil crown,
1: and join us on our adventure.
0: This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello listeners, we are back and today we are going to talk about the great mouse detective and we have our second returning guest, we're so excited to have her back, uh, Miss Amanda. So hello Amanda. Hello.
2: I guess you all really loved the impression of that one guy, I forgot his name now, Burp Burp Burp. Oh, I forgot yes. who you did. I forgot, I forgot about that. Gre- yeah. Oh, Gregory Peck. Well, what was- you, you yes, just, Gregory I just missed Peck my Peck we loved- Gregory Peck impression so much that I had to
1: come back.
0: I know. We, we loved your Gregory Peck impression. You, if, uh, if you guys
1: haven't listened to the uh, Alice in Wonderland, uh, Amanda was our uh, uh, guest on that one. It's one of our – it's it's a top episode It's a great us. episode. Uh,
0: it's a lot of fun. It is So fun. definitely check that one out. Um, but today we are talking all about – the Great Mouse Detective. It came out in 1986, and it received an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I kind of wanted to go around um, and kind of hear about Connections. Like,
1: well, because yeah. you haven't seen it I've one.
0: not seen it, no. So, so this one I haven't seen, so I'm excited to watch
1: it. Yeah. Amanda, why did you want to come back and do this one?
2: So this was a huge staple of mine uh, growing up. I remember nothing about it at this point. And um, sort of related to you, Ryan, about how like you tend to watch Disney movies, uh, or like your mom writes, writes off Disney movies and like stuff like that. So this is sort of like that too. Um, this was my mom has a huge thing for anthropomorphic mice, and well, apparently, <laughs> so did Walt Disney and the Disney company. It's <laughs> true. Like she lo- She's. She collects things that have mice with them and all of that stuff. So, like, I have a feeling that this was a staple because of my mom. And, mm. um, you know, the only thing that I remember about it was, like, you know, the main mouse going, Basil, all the time. So, that's, all. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've got.
1: <laughs> um, I remember being scared of this movie when I was very young. So, it's 1986, so I would have been five when it came out. Mm. And I have a very distinct memory of seeing it in the theater. And I can tell you that, you know, I don't, I kind of remember it, but I can remember very specific scenes that scared me. And I don't want to will will listeners if you watch, if you you probably don't I don't know anyone who actually listens to the first part of the podcast stops it watches a movie and then like along with us but let's see when we'll, we'll talk about it once we've seen it so we can tell them but there were certain parts of this movie that really scared me and I very distinctly remember I talked to my mom this morning and asked her if she remembered it I think I might have seen it with my grandmother
0: yeah it sounded like that was um,
1: probably the case. I remember distinctly if this one is one I truly saw with my grandmother. I remember seeing two movies with my grandmother. One was this one, and the other one was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which she hated. Um, <laughs> so
0: I think she probably would have been into this one because it's got because uh, it's based off of Sherlock Holmes. I think and she loved British. I, I don't know. Well, she
1: does. Uh, yeah, I don't know if she had it so much then, but like later, like her and her husband Dave used to watch a bunch of this stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. Dave feels like a big Sherlock Holmes guy. I remember you were
0: also a Sherlock Holmes guy. You really like Sherlock.
1: I do. I have read some of the actual books, and I was going to read uh, ones before this one because I thought that they were based on Sherlock Holmes. Turns out, this one is actually based on a series of novels called Basil of Baker Street uh, that ran from 1950 something. I have my notes here. I'm sorry, Uh, 19. 58 to 1982, plus two more were done in 2018 and 2019
3: mm-hmm. mm.
1: by a different author. It was originally by uh, Eve Titus, and then Kathy Hapka did the two new ones. So if you guys are into that. I, I was kind of disappointed when I read that because I've been trying to kind of read, especially when they're short little books like like I did it with Black Cauldron and uh, Secret, Secret Name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're based on that. She named this character... I have this, too. Okay. Yeah,
0: but you can say it. Well, she named it's him exciting. after Basil
1: Rathbone, who played Sherlock Holmes a lot. But he we, played
0: Sherlock Holmes in fourteen films. In fourteen have, films,
1: yeah. including this one.
0: Oh, cool! He
1: they get an older recording of him, and when when because he the whole movie is Basil lives at what is it 2221 20, B Baker Street? That's the oh, the famous address.
2: Yeah, it's coming back to me.
1: Yeah, I, well, I feel really bad that I just told T- Tara's like, you know Sherlock Holmes and I'm already going to like start th- ruining yeah. being, be-
0: being a fan of Sherlock yeah. Holmes.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> he lives in like the basement and yeah. so like when they do big scenes, it's like Sherlock Holmes is in there and it's Basil Rathbone, it's recordings of him.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: As Sherlock Holmes. But we also, if you're a fan of this podcast, Disney movies, you might remember Basil Rathbone as the narrator to Mr. Toad.
0: Fun, that's great. Oh, mm, cool. So I have a few things about it, and do you have some info as well?
1: Brian? Uh, this one was a hard one to get, and and I wanted to talk about this, too, because I feel like we're getting, if you don't, at this point in Disney's history, if you don't have, like, a really in-depth making of, what you get when you look up making ofs is, this is how we make moving pictures, and it's like, we draw the the cartoon, then we add color, then we put it, and it's like... None of this is... There's not a whole lot of super interesting new information. It's just the same how to make an animated movie with the movie they happen to be doing at the time. Got so.
0: it. Well, I've got some things about Vincent Price. Uh, so, during the recording of his lines, and he is uh, Radigan. He's the villain. And
1: he's... Great as Radigan. And
0: apparently the animator sketched his exaggerated Shakespearean gestures and they worked them into the animated poses for Radigan. So that's kind of something to look out for throughout the movie. Also... Uh, He had a lifelong dream to voice a character in a Disney film. And so he was 75 when he voiced this character. He
1: has a weird resurgence in the 80s between this and the thriller video and some other stuff. Like He has a strange comeback around this time. Well,
0: and I should share too. I'll share a picture on the Facebook page, but Ryan gave me an early Christmas present. And so (laughs) I've been talking about how I do research.
1: Ryan gave you a Christmas present and looked through it as he wrapped it the other day and then said... I want to talk to you about this. You have to open this now.
0: Yeah, that's obviously an early Christmas gift. Um, but I always talk about the villain book I have that Frank and Ollie wrote it. Ryan has found another one, and I will post it because it is very cool, and it is cool the way that they group all the information together. But it's another villain's book. And what's cool about this one is it includes villains from the package films, and it includes villains from Pixar. Like It's like all-encompassing villains, so it's much more than the Frank and Ollie book. Um, and they do like the pets of villains and then they do like villains who are mean villains, uh, you know, they, they categorize it really interesting. Uh, They
1: did. uh, And I will say the one thing I, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about with it was it justifies our, uh, decision that Aconcagua is the actual villain. Cause he's included in the book. Saludos amigos because he is in the book. In the villain's book, it is it is certified.
0: He's got a page. It yeah.
1: Was, I was reading. I was like validation. I wanted to run down and talk to you about it. But I'm like, no, she has to do this. And then last night we were watching movies. And I go, just open that one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, but it is really cool. I will post a picture of the book. But the reason I wanted to mention this one is there isn't a ton of information on Radigan. They they do a couple things about him, but it's really cool because they've got pictures of Vincent Price as he's recording his lines and it's just a cool set of like six pictures. So and, and we will short... be sure to post that on the Facebook page. What I'll probably do is start taking images of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of really cool images in this book that when they correlate with what we're talking about.
1: There's one in there that we found that was Corella Deville with a alligator wrap. Yeah, and, and she I'm looks a little bit like Madame Medusa, yeah, I, which we oh, talked about. Yes.
0: Um her like having her I'm a wondering. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm wondering if that was concept art when they were thinking about yeah that.
0: i haven't read on i read about her yet but.
1: so the little short video i saw did have vincent price in it and he was he seemed very excited like he doesn't sing but he wanted to sing the villain song in yeah. this and he's it's to the detriment of the villain song in a little bit but it's 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 he's so there's his ta- his his enthusiasm outweighs his talent in the song and i think mm. carries a lot of it but yeah. it's it's He's going to be a fun villain. In the in the movie, he's a rat. And there's a whole big thing about, like, he doesn't like to be called a rat to be mm-hmm. reminded he's a rat. Yeah. But in the book, he was actually a mouse, regardless of being oh, named okay. Radigan.
0: So, the thing I found interesting here is the clock tower scene is the first major use of computer animation. And they specifically mention the clock years. And they say that it's the first use in a feature-length animated film. And the same scene is also the first time traditionally animated characters were put inside a computer generated background.
1: Here's the thing. So they it is computer generated, okay. but the, and they didn't show this process on the thing, but the way the guy said he goes, "Oh yeah, we do it in a computer and then it goes to a robot arm that draws it on the cell and then I draw on top of it." Oh. So that is you know very charmingly antiquated in the way they do it, but I was yeah. like I mean, that makes sense because you look at it and it doesn't look completely computer animated in the same way that when we watched Tron, Tron was. And Tron was just so computer – looked very computerish. This looks hand-drawn, but it also looks – very geometrical like if you told me that it was uh drafted like 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 on the drafting table i would mm-hmm. believe that too so i need to find and i'm gonna do some more research and try and find this some video of this machine working if it in, if it indeed worked this way or if this was just something some animator said to like i'm gonna tell the dumb people in the audience this is what we did so it we don't have to do too much stuff but like that's that's fascinating to me this like they're doing it all in a computer and it goes okay and it draws yeah. out and hands it oh geez sorry
0: that is really interesting. I've got a couple things to look out for, and there's something I want to read like in its entirety in a minute okay. here. But uh, Dumbo is featured as a toy figurine in the toy shop, so we'll have to look out for oh. that.
1: That stuff, by the way, you need to look in that villains book. There's a lot of stuff about There's Easter like, the Yeah, they have a whole yeah, Easter egg
0: yeah. page. Yeah. Um, and this is fun because Amanda was with us for Alice in Wonderland. Bill the lizard makes an appearance yep. in this film. Oh, nice. So I love yeah, that. Bill the li- yeah, I love Bill so much. And Bill can be seen in the bar scene. So we'll have he's to look for He's one out of the like that.
1: goons. He's oh, one of like Radigan's okay. goons. Oh, okay. okay. So, he he's like not hidden. He's not hidden. Like they have a song, and it's like two mice with their arms around Bill. Bill. Maybe it's not Bill, but it looks a lot like Bill. All right. That's but yeah, great. there's a I lizard in his group. That's great. Um,
0: The other thing is apparently it's one of the few Disney movies to take place entirely at night. So that's what I read. Um, And some other things I wanted to pull out of the Frank and Ollie Villains book is they said that this was largely influenced by the popularity of Monty Python. So oh, doing a British thing, yeah. And I think maybe just trying to influence some of that humor into it. And that like I know that there are dark moments in the film, but they also wanted to make it funny as well. Um, Yeah, so they talk about that a little bit. And then they say here, too, that they were trying to recreate animation of the past, is what I wrote. They Mm -hmm. kept talking about how, like, these films were not as good as the ones in the past. Like, they were part of the learning curve. And Jeffrey Katzenberg specifically said this, that, like... These Without these movies, they wouldn't have had Little Mermaid. They wouldn't have had Aladdin. Absolutely. Um, and they said that, you know, everything about this movie is pretty good as opposed to great. So, like, the music is passable, but it's not amazing. And, like, they go on to, like, compare all this stuff to say, you know, um, this movie, and I think Oliver and Company, they say as well, was a big learning curve that then, like, pushes them into, like, the films that everyone remembers mm. by Disney. Uh, so I just found that interesting that they were acknowledging it in that book.
1: So one more thing I watched, uh, for this was a Siskel and Ebert review of it, which was, it's interesting that we're getting to that time period where we can watch those yeah. two thumbs up. All right. Yeah. They were both, they both said, uh, it was a return to Disney greatness. Like they were like, it was, it was funny cause they were both saying, you know, it's been, uh, Siskel said, "I haven't seen a Disney movie I've liked in over a decade." He's oh wow. He was talking. He said he didn't like The Rescuers, but uh, Ebert did. But mm-hmm. they were both like, "This one's fun. It's clever." Like you, they really liked Ratigan. Siskel seemed to really be into Basil as being a smart uh, hero and not just a cute one, is how he put it. Hmm. But they really kind of they 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 did a lot of back end. They're like, it was. Compliments for uh, Great Mouse Detective, but it was really like the Black Cauldron was bad. Like the, I would love <laughs> to go back and see their Black Cauldron one because this was just the year after Black Cauldron, I think.
2: What what was the uh, what was the Rotten Tomatoes score on on this one?
0: Uh eighty percent. I okay. believe. Let me look it up. That feels bad. right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's pretty good.
1: Real quick, I do want to jump in with the uh, top three movies of that year. This is a so one of the things they said in the Siskel and Ebert review was uh there weren't a lot of movies for kids this year they're like this is the one movie this summer that's for kids and they were like you should take your kid to go see it which is funny because again my grandmother did it scared me Um, uh, but the top three movies that year were top gun uh crocodile dundee and platoon it is amazingly weird to me that crocodile dundee got was like 6 spots ahead of Aliens. Aliens is 7th. Aliens is the best movie on this list by far. Yeah. <laughs> More so than than Platoon. Well, Platoon's actually like a legitimately good movie, but um I don't know.
0: Did you look up was there a James Bond movie this year?
1: Uh I don't think there was one in 86 because I think this was I think 87 is this is now as much as Tara's like you're a Sherlock Holmes fan. I'm a much better James Bond fan. I think '87 was a uh, View to a Kill, okay, which is the we last always Roger to, Moore
0: to share James Bond mm-hmm. connection. But I
1: don't just think there's one this year.
0: But is there a Star Wars connection for this year?
1: No, uh, Jedi. The last thing was in '83, so we. Ooh,
0: I was gonna say '83. Good I'm for good. you. I'm good with
1: my years on those. <laughs> yes. oh no, View to a Kill was the year before this.
0: Oh, it was 85. So,
1: View to a Kill was during Black Cauldron, and we must not have looked at the dates, or it did not do well that year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's good to know. So, I have something interesting I wanted to read, because I think you guys will find it kind of funny. Uh, It was ultimately vice president of Walt Disney Feature Animation, Peter Snyder, who made the decision to change the title of the film. So, you mentioned that, that the books are Basil of Baker Street, And to its current title, which is The Great Mouse Detective. And so apparently uh, on February 13th, 1986, an inner office memo was sent out to Disney employees in Schneider's name. Schneider did not send this out. It was like as a goof, as a joke, announcing the renaming of studio's most beloved classics. So here are what some of them were renamed. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves would now dwarfs would now be called Seven Little Men Help a Girl. Oh, jeez. Fantasia. So this is
1: someone like. Yeah, someone oh, just no. sent out
0: like this inner office thing. Fantasia received the title Color and Music.
1: <laughs> if you legitimately told that to me that was a Disney like package film, I would believe. You.
0: Yes. Yeah. The Jungle Book was getting its title changed to A Boy, A Bear, and a Big Black Cat, <laughs> and so on in that fashion. Schneider was furious over the memo and attempted to find the author, who apparently, I guess it was an animator, Ed Gombert, G-O-M-B-E-R-T. I don't know if I'm saying There's a
1: reason you never heard of him anymore. Yeah,
0: (laughs) so he could fire them. So he was looking for him to fire him. All the other employees found it a harmless joke and kept quiet. A copy of the memo eventually landed in the pages of the L.A. Times, and all the new names were incorporated into the... What's in a name? Category on Jeopardy in 1984. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. So apparently Schneider eventually came to regard the memo as it was intended, uh, and in 2009 reminded Don Han about the clip during a production of Han's documentary in *Waking Sleeping Beauty*, which we need to mm-hmm, see. Mm-hmm. It's on our list um, um, to watch. But I just thought that that was so funny that they just like did this inner office memo as like a joke, and then it became this bigger thing
1: it's interesting to me because i remember being kind of confused as a kid with this movie like even after i'd seen it like if you like after i'd seen it when i was young then later i was like oh yeah it's about sherlock holmes but he's a mouse it's not about sherlock holmes as a mouse and Mm. then you find their names are basil and dawson and like it's all they've got one-to-ones um but it's not them and i wonder if they'd just done a straight up like sherlock holmes as a mouse if that would had been different i don't know
0: yeah, no, it's an interesting.
1: If those characters would have had longer lasting qualities, because I think people look at it and go, oh, it's Sherlock Holmes. The Great Mouse Detective is Sherlock Holmes. No, it's not. It's Basil of Baker. You know, it's this, yeah. this, and this. But anyway, um, do we have anything else? Do you have anything you want to add, Amanda? No, I'm
0: just excited. Did you read to...
1: all of the Sherlock Holmes books like you did with Alice in Wonderland, setting you a set high precedent bar so for high, this? We'd
0: <laughs> love to let you read that book. And. You said it so high that Ryan has continued the tradition of reading most That's of the amazing. books. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I I just listened to your Rats of Nimwen um episode. Yes. So I know that you read that and I was like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I haven't so. I haven't read any of the books this time around.
1: Well, all right, so uh, I think we're ready to go then. We'll take this one out of the clamshell and put it in the VCR.
0: Alright, we'll see you on the other side, listeners. right hello listeners we are back and before we dive in i'm kind of curious um amanda you had mentioned like as soon as the opening scene like you started remembering things yes um what was it like because it was something you watched a lot but then had no memory of as you were older
2: it um well i i didn't know if i would enjoy it um as much as i did when i was a kid but like but i i enjoyed it pretty thoroughly i thought and uh yeah, there are some scenes where like I really there were there were a lot of scenes that I could remember and then a lot of them like the scary ones I didn't so I didn't so maybe it might be like a selective memory thing cuz there were yeah. there were a lot a lot of scenes where you know it was kind of intense um to watch. Um,
0: yeah, I would agree.
1: I I think this had more of an impact on me than I remembered because I feel like I remembered every scene in this movie. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, now this is gonna happen." Yeah, oh yeah, now this I, is gonna yeah, happen. You were like, I was like, that "Oh, here he comes." I,
0: I don't think I realized you knew it as well. Yeah, and maybe no, you didn't either.
1: No, I didn't. I th- I'm like, surely there's stuff I'm forgetting. No, I remembered just about everything. Yeah. <laughs> I I was like, "Here comes the first thing that scared the heck out of me." Oh, here comes the second thing uh-huh. that scared the heck out and, of me. And
0: spoiler: pretty much all of them are Fidget, who scared you. He is. Yeah. A very scary.
1: I. I like Fidget. Like, I think he's kind of a funny He reminds me of Creeper
0: from The Black Cauldron a little bit. Yes. He's got a similar feel to him.
1: But he definitely, when he does his, like, get really close to the camera really quick bit Mm -hmm. where he looks like a gremlin. Like, gremlins scared me a lot when I was a kid, too. I love gremlins Well, the first one, I
0: think, is much scarier than the second one. The second one's more comedic for gremlins.
1: I also grew up at a time where I was very young and I was seeing commercials for gremlins and a lot of Mm -hmm. scary movies. I remember not because I saw the movies, but because I'd see little snippets of them, which are designed to be much scarier sometimes. Yeah, you know, you don't get the whole picture, so you, as a little kid, you're like stuck with this image. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I knew I it looked almost exactly like I remember those scary parts being, meaning that they were just imprinted on me.
0: Yeah, I actually I did enjoy it. I feel like we all were laughing, Mm -hmm. and like there were some really good parts in it.
1: I thought basil of baker street may be one of my favorite disney protagonists yeah i i didn't like radigan as much as i thought i was going to and i liked him but like basil was great Mm -hmm. i love that he was a jerk he
0: has but he's that's because he's got sherlock vibes oh yeah i love sherlock i also love sherlock but i'm saying like he's The reason why people compare this to Sherlock is because he essentially is Sherlock, even though he's not in this film. But I
1: like his his cleverness. I like his. I just there's a couple scenes. The scene where they escape from the trap like was Mm -hmm. so good, and I remembered at the end him going like, "Everyone, smile!" Like I just his his crazy look in his eye every time he got an idea, almost Mm like Mister Toad's mania. Like it's so good.
0: So I, I guess we'll jump right in, and obviously feel free to stop me along the way. Uh, but it starts in London, 1897. That's what we see, and we see Flavisham's toys. Uh, and we go in, and we didn't mention this uh, beforehand, but the voice of Flavisham is Scrooge McDuck, the, dad, Alan, the toy Alan maker. something, I'll look it up. And it's... it's like immediately recognizable as soon as you hear him talk, because he's doing the Scottish accent. Um, and he's made a toy for his daughter, Olivia, which is this really like elegant and pretty wind up toy of a ballerina that dances. And then all of a sudden you hear this peg leg, uh, and it breaks in and it takes her dad and then it just cuts to the opening credits with like this well, jaunty yes. song. It's, it's like She's this, like
1: looking out the window be like, daddy. Yeah,
0: it's. It's so weird. It's like such this, a dark opening scene, and it is very scary. It's the first scene that Ryan mentioned scared a, him. This is the
1: scene number one that's scary. It's the first scene. I think it gave me anxiety for the rest of the movie, and
0: understandably so because he kind of like just busts in, and you can't exactly make out what Fidget is at this point. Like, he, you,
1: like he's a gremlin. Yeah,
0: like it's hard to like really tell all of his features. Yeah. Um. um
1: Alan Young, voice of okay. Scrooge McDuck, in, in Hiram Flavisham, just the most like. <laughs> angus mcangusy of yeah. like scottish names <laughs> um
2: never did, but they ever, yeah. did they ever do did they ever say his first name in the movie i don't remember
1: i don't uh, think probably so. not it, i just got it from imdb it says hiram Ooh. yeah i don't Flaversham. know that they
0: ever refer to him by his first name but um that's a good trivia question mm-hmm.
3: I
1: boy i just imagine if i was a trivia host and i was that was too hard for anyway what's what's I guess mr so. Flavishin's first name the great mouse detective
0: Boo! (laughs) (laughs) Get out! Um, But we did notice that Henry Mancini did the music, so we were all kind of intrigued on that.
1: Now, I know this name, but I'm not... Let's the two music experts here tell us a little bit more about... uh, I've already forgot his name. Something Mancini. Harry? Henry. Henry. Mancini. Well, I know him
0: because he worked on the song Moon River with, Mm -hmm. I believe, Burt Bacharach. Yeah, So I know. But... Amanda, you were mentioning just, like, jazz in general.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's, like, really not. Uh, what's that one that's, like, do, 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 do. Oh, man. I have to look it up now. <laughs> Hold
1: on. Did he have anything to do with the Pink Panther?
2: <gasps> yes. Yes, that was did him. He? Yeah. that was. He, he made a that.
1: comment about it in the, have him a little bit in the thing, in the uh, uh, YouTube video. Yes, he did the music for the Pink Panther series. Oh, As well yeah. as Blue River from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah uh yep enjoyed a long collaboration composing film scores for the film director blake edwards one-time husband of uh of mary poppins herself
0: yes Mm -hmm. i don't second husband
2: i don't remember i don't i'm looking at his list of compositions and i don't know what i'm thinking of but but yeah he did do pink Panther. so i know that i've I've just played a lot of his stuff before, but I don't. Yeah,
1: know. and in the uh, in the in the thing I saw, he was talking about like he done animation before, quote unquote, because they have all the animated intros of the Pink Panther movies, which oh, is not yeah. something for the podcast, but it's definitely movies you and I should watch
0: at some point. yeah. But
1: uh, he was like, but this is like really working with animation, like it has to fit in and stuff. That is just yeah. I compose a piece and then they'd kind of draw
0: over. Well, it. and it's one like opening scene versus yeah. like an entire movie, yeah. Uh, but then it goes to, uh, we see Dr. David Hugh Dawson, uh, and he's narrating. So he opens and closes the film, which with is his narration.
1: W- the the bit in Sherlock Holmes is Watson is writing the books. Yeah. It's not. It's Arthur Cur- Conan Doyle, but mm-hmm. it's that's always the, he, he keeps them.
0: He's like keeping track of their adventures kind I, of a thing.
1: I'd like to take a moment. I was complaining about this near the end of the thing, but I don't like Dawson because... Dawson, Watson, the especially in some of the more modern takes in the uh, Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock and the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock, speaking of another movie you should watch. Yes. Um the 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 Watsons in there like have a purpose and like key in with him in, a, in in certain ways. Usually in ways it's like Sherlock sees the details, he misses the bigger picture. I feel like that happened with Dawson yeah. like he points and, out
0: the list and he I think I see your point, but I do think Dawson was more helpful than you're giving him credit for. It. No, I think I,
1: Dawson in this was a comic relief. At yeah, best.
2: yeah, he was, but also like I don't know. There's something about for Sherlock and for Basil, like they sort of have like a um they they think so critically and logically that like the humanity of it like, um is something that Doctor Watson does and something that I think. Do- um uh, Dawson does too where it's like you know he's But I think
1: oh I'm sorry I was gonna say that I think the character what was her name the Flavisham's daughter Olivia I think Olivia was that in this Mm. like she felt more like the humanity and being like bring kind of bringing Basil down to earth and I just I don't know I didn't find Dawson interesting
0: I would disagree with that, but mm, everyone fine. has their opinion.
1: Yes, you're entitled um, I don't, to your I'm wrong opinion. I'm not saying opinion.
0: I loved <laughs> Dawson, but I I think, in my opinion, it feels a little bit too critical what you're giving to him because I think he did. I think he contributed more to the movie I, than yeah, you're giving him I, credit. For. I
1: think a lot of it has to do with I think Martin Freeman's uh, version of Watson and the Benedict Cumberbatch oh, 100%, Sherlock. Is it's so amazing. good that yeah. this one was just kind of not bad, but just to me, it wasn't much of anything. in a, yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a in a movie full of. People who felt like they were just like loving their roles and the way they were animated and the way they were voiced. This character just didn't feel like that. I thought Basil was great. I thought Radigan was great. Mm. Mm.
0: So, as Dawson's narrating, he finds Olivia crying and she's in a boot. She's basically like <laughs> keeping dry, it's like pouring rain. Uh, and she basically says, you know, she's lost. She's trying to find Basil. Basil. I'm going to say it as Basil because <laughs> that is written and read like that. She's trying to find Basil of Baker Street. And so they go searching together. You find out that Dawson has come back from serving time in Afghanistan. Um, and so he's back in the area and he's like, I believe I, I remember where Baker street is. So I find find it it together. I
1: find it interesting that the mouse world also has like an army that is sent out to Afghanistan (laughs) and like, like the the, the parallels, like whatever happens in the human world also happens. in like, what was wrong with the Afghani mice that they were being (laughs) like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) It's similar to the rescuers where like there's a version of the United nations. That's all.
1: But there's not Animals, necessarily a this, they don't talk a lot about the parallels of real world. There's not a queen of the fair mouse enough, kingdom like enough. that we know of. I don't know. It's just funny to me. Yeah.
0: Uh, but I liked how it was 221 and a half Baker Street because mm-hmm. he lives uh, below Sherlock. Uh, and his housekeeper, they may have said her name once, but I didn't catch it. I'll uh, find
1: it. It's Miss... It's Miss G- Judden or something like that. It's something with a J.
0: Yeah, I didn't catch it uh, to write it down, but Amanda said she had Mrs. Potts vibes, and I totally agree with that. Miss <laughs> had... Judson. Miss Judson, okay.
1: Voiced by Diana Chesney.
0: Okay. and uh, A she's... villager
1: in Robin Hood, men in tights.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, she's his housekeeper, so, you know, she's kind of keeping herself busy, and then she sees um, that Olivia soaking wet, so she's, like, tending to her, and... I like how they ask if Sherlock's home and she goes, luckily he's not. Like, yes. she is kind of put upon, which so is the woman who... I,
1: Mrs. Hudson sounds right, maybe. She lives maybe? below I'll Sherlock, right? Oh, well, I think she's the landlord. The like, land- yeah, 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 It's her landlady. place.
0: Yeah. Um, so she has a very similar vibe to that in the the original stories. But then Basil comes in in a disguise
1: So this movie, I think, is going to rank pretty high in the uh, doesn't hold up areas in some ways. In some
0: parts of the film, yeah. But he comes in as a disguise, and how would you guys describe it?
1: Uh, Asian and wrong. Yeah. Because I I don't know how else to say it. Yeah.
0: Um, The part that's funny is that he looks like he's a very large mouse, and that deflates. To show that he's actually very skinny, mm-hmm. so that I thought was like a funny bit, but because he was in this kind of inappropriate Asian dress, yes, it was less funny because of that. It's, but
1: it's very foo manchu, foo mouse Yeah, I hope that's not inappropriate, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's that that it's you know that era's unfortunate look on. Chinese say, immigrants. Yeah, yeah.
2: they, they um, never explained it. They never like they. just... No, it w-
0: they explained that like he was, I think, chasing down Radigan, right? Like he was, yeah, in the lead with Radigan, but they never explained like the bit. It's kind of like the Asian cat and Aristocats.
1: Well, okay, I at least the idea was. I think the idea was this couldn't be Basil because it's an Asian mouse, which is ridiculous. And then he
0: pulls the mask off and it's him. I I think you could
1: have done that with any race. The 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 cat and the aristocats. I was also gonna say the the cat
0: and the aristocats, they're all different nationalities. So it doesn't fit in because it's still very wrong, but like they're all different nationalities. This just seemed like this was apropos of nothing. Like
1: it was the idea that I think in 1986, the still idea of, like, look at this Chinese person mm-hmm. was a joke. Yeah. Like the, they weren't characters. They were but, jokes. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm saying apropos of nothing as in, like, it doesn't contribute to yeah, the yeah, yeah. story. Right. Like, like Amanda said, like, they never explain it.
1: It could have just been a fat mouse that ran in with googly eyes. That was the other thing is like they had, he like, eyes looking in many different directions, yeah. which is, like, Yeah, ugh. the, the he, mask like, is, ugh.
0: Yeah. yeah. He was round like Dawson was, so he could have just been a regular mouse that was Dawson's size. And also right? the
1: fact that he was coming in with this like incredible manic energy is for him to be like, Who are you? What's going on? like and him going, Oh, boop, boop, and being a completely different mouse still works. But
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I-, I wrote after that eccentric and oblivious. It's okay
1: because the movie gets more appropriate when he just hands Dawson a gun. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, which also happens very soon <laughs> yes. here. But I wrote eccentric and oblivious and that's very much Sherlock. Like, I think they nailed those yes. like, eccentricities of Sherlock yes. of just being like he's very aloof, he's very smart, as Amanda said, very logical. You mentioned that earlier, but like completely disconnected to emotions and feelings and like looking out for others. Yeah. Right. I At think, the I cost think, of like solving the puzzle. I
1: think this one had more emotions than some Sherlock has. He in that he was excited and pleased with himself and all that and it was a little less cold but he is also he's lacking any sort of compassion but for do anyone you know else. who that
0: reminds me of house i feel like yeah. he's a very yeah. and house is based off of sherlock yes. in that a sense. sense and i feel yeah. like i kept seeing glimmers of the character house because we've rewatched that recently I, I think he
1: was more palatable to a young audience than house oh, obviously agreed. But, house is more of adult yeah.
0: content but i feel like the the having to solve the puzzle, right? That yes. that drive, I feel like, is a very strong house characteristic. And of course, here we hear elementary, my dear Watson. Uh, so you hear that a couple times in the film. Um, and, you know, he he knows exactly who uh, Dawson is. This is how we find out he sees his his coat was stitched. And he goes into, you know, why he knows he's come back from the war. And so we see how his mind works and it led me to think this is a sidetrack but we're gonna have to put one of them up on the facebook page.
1: well the problem is is they're incredibly inappropriate but we'll put a warning but it is uh, the pete holmes show when he plays sherlock and he meets watson and he does all that he's like you're left you're favoring your left leg which means this blah blah, blah. and then the guy's like you're absolutely wrong none of that is correct and he keeps getting it all wrong and it's one of the funniest
0: <laughs> it's <skits> very <laughs> I've funny ever seen. yeah um so it was reminding me of that as he was like guessing everything to be right, uh, and then we find out that like he does this experiment and he's really bummed. He's like comparing bullets. That's when I think he gives the gun. It was such to a Dawson.
1: Yes, it was. He he gives a gun to Dawson and then he doing takes it like, back. Forensics. And he, he shoots through a bunch of pillows. It ticks off Miss Judson. Yeah, because they were Hudson. her best yes. pillows. And then he looks in the at the at the. He matches up the lines on the bullets. The striations. Did he say that, or did you just know that? No, that's
0: forensic. That's forensic files. That's like my (laughs) that's like my crime (laughs) knowledge from TV. I'm still very very impressed. I'm pretty sure it's the striations.
1: Wow, but he's, he's he's matching those up, and like they don't match on one side. He's like, no, but it's a good way of showing the audience like you kind of get what's going on without it ever being explained.
0: Yeah, and then he says another dead end, and then he goes to play his violin. He
1: gets so <laughs> depressed when anything doesn't go his way. Yes. Which Which is a great lead up to later. Yes. But yeah.
0: Uh, and you said in the book he doesn't play violin, he plays... In
1: the book he plays flute, but I think they wanted to just make him flat out like... Sherlock. Sherlock. Sherlock plays
0: violin. Yes. Um, and so then that's... It cuts to fidget, and so... Or does it cut to Fidget? No, he. this is when What's-Her-Name mentions Fidget. Sorry, sometimes yes. I have to like reinterpret my notes. So Olivia this whole time is trying to tell him like I need your help about my dad and then when she mentions Fidget and describes him now Sherlock is excited again and he's interested because Fidget is connected to Professor Ratigan. Mm-hmm. and he describes him as a genius twisted for evil, the Napoleon of crime. Uh, so I like how he describes him and... So then he tells the story. He's been chasing him forever. Uh, and then that's when Ryan mentioned that this movie is full of rolled R's. <laughs> oh, it's Lots just Lots of rolled R's that British. you can't do. You can't roll oh, no, R's. Oh, no, I can't. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I couldn't say R's when I was a kid, right? Oh,
0: I didn't know that. I had
1: to go to speech therapy to learn how to say R's. Oh,
0: that's so sad because your name's Ryan.
1: Well, the story of it was I went to a friend's birthday party and the, he said, that there's another kid there. And he goes, I'm so-and-so. What's your name? I'm like, why Oh, I didn't know and that. And he goes, Wyan? Your name is Wyan? Oh, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I punched him, and they said, well, <laughs> we should probably take him to speech therapy so he can like, because this is going to be an issue moving forward well, if we don't for fix you it. you
0: standing up for yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that might have something to do with I can't roll R's, but... This
2: is yeah. sort of an aside, but, like, the English R, like, the the position of your tongue in the English R is different than rolling your R's, like, the... When you roll your R's, the your tongue has to be like at the top, like right behind mm, yeah, your teeth, yeah, like
0: up by your teeth, yeah.
1: Okay, well let's <laughs> let's try. What's a word I can try on?
2: Yeah, I'm really bad at it, and and, uh, and I'm I'm Latina. Roll, so like, would you do
0: it
1: like but everyone say radigan. "Radigan" real quick with a rolled R? Tara, you go first. Radigan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now now Amanda. Oh,
2: that doesn't roll off the tongue. But but... <laughs> I don't. I I am also very bad at rolling my R's. Okay, so, rad, rad, Radigan. <laughs>
1: I can't I end up growling I'm like like in the back well, of my I feel throat like, you just, like yeah. that right la, la, yeah. la, I can't tw- I couldn't
0: you can't do la, la, that la, la,
1: la, 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 right <laughs> so you can't do this <laughs> oh no I end up sounding like the sand people in Star Wars uh. Oh, or like Chewie is yeah, choking. Yeah, like <laughs> the Tibetan throat singing, I feel like, yeah. is what you go into uh, instead.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's all good nice. to know. Um, <laughs> so then we cut to her father. So now we see uh, Flavisham, the toy maker with Radigan, and he's designing something for Radigan. And he ruins the device. And the device is creepy when it just breaks down like it's just gears yes and we see that later on and then you know he says he's not going to do it anymore he doesn't want to work for him and then radigan threatens his daughter he says well you wouldn't want anything to happen to olivia and so then he starts working again so then he gives fidget this list and on the list includes capturing olivia so he wants her to bring olivia back and get tools
1: gears girl uniforms
0: yes yeah (laughs) so then we see radigan and the gang so, uh, he wants to become the supreme ruler of mousedom and he's kind of describing what they're going to do, because there's this queen celebration of being in Reign for 60 years. And, and they, Bill's
1: not a cameo, he's just a yeah, small part in this it, movie. Yeah, Bill is in it, and it's really
0: great. <laughs> uh, but they break into a song and dance, and- this reminded me a little bit of Gaston's song, where like everybody's pumping him up, like everybody's cheering him on, and yeah, and making him feel good about himself, like he's so smart and so clever and all of these things. Yes. But
1: I feel like in this one, we find out pretty quickly this is out of fear as opposed to out of admiration. Yeah, yes.
2: so I
0: would agree. With I that. have
2: something about that. So, like, my favorite Christmas movie of all time is the Muppet Christmas Carol.
1: Yeah,
2: and have you guys seen it? I'm we sure. saw oh my gosh. We watch two it two days ago oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah we
2: watched it like two days ago <laughs> yes so um you know like in the beginning how like the mice who are employees of um I'm... of what's his name and they A were scrooge. like yeah it was scrooge and they were like all like you know just like shivering and complaining and and scrooge is like and, um do you want like a job at the end of this month? And they all sing, "This is the island in the sun."
0: In the sun. <laughs> That's my lit- favorite part. Amanda,
1: yeah, this is—you've literally described Tara's favorite part I, of the movie. <laughs> my
0: favorite scene is like heat wave, and then yeah, and they're all like, yes, uh, yeah, they cower. Yeah. They like immediately like they're all in support of Bob Cratchit of Kermit. And then the minute that Scrooge says something that doesn't agree with Kermit's opinion, they totally change. Yeah, so, and agree with Scrooge. Yeah, and this, it's, this I agree scene with totally
2: reminds me. Of. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) it's Um, very
0: similar here to where like they're all in agreeance of him and supporting him and then there's this one mouse bartholomew bartholomew Bartholomew. and he becomes drunk in the punch so there's a lot of firearms smoking and drinking i know we'll cover that later but it's throughout this film yes um but he gets drunk in the punch bowl and uh then it, but he refers back, to Rad
1: as Radigan as a rat. Yeah, but that
0: comes back later because okay. first we see Radigan elegantly playing a harp. It remember when yes. it cuts and like all it goes from like bright colors to all blues, and he's playing the harp. Well,
1: I, the thing I love about Radigan is he's got a very Captain Hook vibe of yes, like, where he's mm. trying to be very
0: elegant and yeah. like yes. yeah, very above where he's at. Yes, playing the harp. Well, literally, uh, yeah, yeah, he's,
1: yeah, he's literally trying not to be a sewer rat.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And so then that's when Bartholomew says, Ratigan is the world's greatest rat. So it's actually, he looks at it as it's a compliment, but Ratigan's like, you're calling me a rat. And we find out very early on, do not call him a rat. Mm -hmm. And so then he rings his bell. And here is moment two
1: that scared five-year-old Ryan, And
0: it's Pavlov's dog situation where like, every time he rings his bell, his cat, I wrote the cat's name Felicia. Felicia. Shows up and the cat is giant, is very big compared to all of them. And the cat eats Bartholomew. Like we see it in the shadow of her mouth opening and Bartholomew like kind of dropping into her mouth and then they cut away but he's gone yes, after that. Yes, yeah, fight. they
1: show all everyone, you hear gulp and then meow, and then you hear everyone. And
0: everyone is so like, e- Bill is in that scene and he takes his hat off and everyone's <laughs> yeah. like so scared for Bartholomew. And then like Ratigan looks at them and it's very much, it's very similar to that Muppets Christmas Carol scene where they all smile and they go back into like the boisterous song. Yes. To celebrate Radigan again. Um. And then we cut back to Basil and he sees... Uh Olivia sees Fidget in the window. So Fidget goes to try to get Olivia, I think, before he goes to get all the other stuff. And I like this because he never gets her name right. It's Flam Hammer here. And <laughs> yeah. again, that's just showing that like he's not really concerned with her as much as he's focused on trying to find Radigan and she's just helping him with that. Um so he keeps saying they've gotta go to Toby's, and Olivia wants to come, and he doesn't want her to come, and she spoiler, she winds up joining them on the adventure. And um, I love that we see the shadows of Sherlock and Watson. Like, we're upstairs in Baker Street. We hear them talking. And Toby, we find out, is the dog who lives with Sherlock.
1: I love Toby. Toby yes. was great. He's
0: a hound dog. And he reminds me of the lady in the tramp hound, but young. Like well, he's, he's puppy. a basset hound, a I Bassett think. A hound. Yeah, so he's,
1: so he's got short legs so they yeah, all so climb Yeah, so I guess he's more him.
0: fox than the hound hound.
1: Kind of, yeah. But, like,
0: but- his personality just reminded me a little bit of the hound from lady and the tramp but as a puppy like what he might yes. have been as a puppy because he's a older and trusty yes yeah
1: um i love when he's pl- like i love his relationship with everyone like he he hates dawson rightfully so he um <laughs> doesn't he's super friendly with olivia and i love when, like but like distract he's like the opposite of uh basil where he's like distracted by olivia and is uh you know, like Basil has to bring him back. I love him in Basil when Basil like shows him uh, fidgets hat. hat and he's like, Get, you got this. He's like, he like immediately gets serious. Like, yes, that's right. He's a villain. He's a villain. A scoundrel. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: He's fiend. Yeah, and I like that Olivia. Before she leaves, she sticks all these crumpets in her pocket that the housekeeper had made. She like, oh, with, them with no like, it's like, like, oh, okay, do, do. yeah, like, like just, not like she's hiding them. <laughs> as Basil's telling her, "You're not coming with us," and she's like stocking up to have snacks with her, and then she gives one to Toby. So immediately they have a good relationship. And I wrote, "Does this remind you of anyone?" Because <laughs> she's like scratching the belly of Toby and then Basil tells Toby to sit and Toby won't sit and then Olivia tells Toby to sit and she sits right away.
1: Who do you think this reminds you of? Give me a break. I... She listens to me...
0: (laughs) Lady has selective listening, and I will say she has it for both of That's us. That's what I'm about but, to say.
1: It's not like there's one of us over the other one. It's it's that are, scene could be reversed. Yes. any day. That's but there fair. are
0: times where like one of us is asking the lady to do something, and she's an angel and is usually a great listener. But there are times she has selective listening. She she's sure.
1: got those huge ears. She can't help but listen.
0: Oh yeah. But uh, but yeah, that whole scene just reminded me of like what we yes. go through with Lady a lot. But um, I just love that she's like scratching Toby's belly at one point. Like they become like the fastest fastest of friends Mm -hmm. so then he sends toby to find fidget as you mentioned with the hat and they're kind of off they're all riding on toby and toby is basically their mode of transportation throughout this whole thing so then he calls her flamchester so i think do you have them all written down i think those are the only two i don't think he refers to her as anything else after that but i just thought that those were funny um he i love when he clips the leash to toby too and, like, that, and he, like, flies, like, yeah. he's, like...
1: Because what's he going to do?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, he's yes. literally holding on, so Toby will just drag him along. Yes, I, I just
2: love the animation in this throughout. Like, I think it's just so, like, exa- this, like exaggerated and, like, especially... Mm-hmm. The, this
1: is the... Yeah, this is the scene they showed on Siskel and, Siskel and Ebert, oh. and we're, like, look at this animation. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's so good when he steps on Basil for a second, and Basil's, like, and then they're going. Yes.
0: Yeah. I agree yeah it's a lot of fun and it's it's like Amanda like you said it's very exaggerated and I think they did a lot of things well I think they're really hard on themselves in the villain book I was reading like Mm -hmm. talking about you know and no it's not the greatest thing they've ever done but I do think it deserves a little bit more credit than even the company gave them credit Mm -hmm. for in this film. Um, but then we see Fidget, and he's getting toys from the shop, and he's got his—he like checks it off: tools, gears, uniforms—and realizes he hasn't gotten the girl. And he has the weirdest voice. Do you know who voiced him?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'll i find out. But it's—it's actually—I don't know. Go ahead.
0: Okay, but he hides because he hears uh Basil and them coming up to the toy store, and his list falls out of his pocket, so that falls to the ground, and that plays a part later so um toby finds him and this is where toby doesn't sit for basil but sits for uh olivia at this part
1: the voice of fidget is candy candida who is also the voice of the indian chief in peter pan that real deep voice yeah he's just kind of doing something weird with it and then he was uh it says the horned king in black cauldron but that's not right but he's been in a couple other disney stuff where we go oh that's that one guy he was in uh uh, the rescuers, as as he apparently did, the voices of the uh, Brutus and Nero. Oh. He was the captain of the guard. Like I probably just did alligator growls. Yeah, he was the alligator captain of the guard in Robin Hood. He's he's that guy. He's the guy with a very deep. Got bit, like, it. Yeah. yeah,
0: that makes sense. Um, so as they go into the toy store to look around and try to find Fidget, uh, lots of good bassoon playing yes. and it's been a while since we've <laughs> so had her. some good bassoon yeah
2: all of the double double reeds like i heard english horn at one point and oboe like some nice nice double reed action there english yeah. horn's
1: a double reed i don't know anything about english horn i just think i assumed it was like a french horn
2: no it's it's like a larger oboe it's, it's really oh so it's like not
1: it. a brass instrument at all Mm-mm.
2: no Mm-mm.
1: Yeah. huh why is it called a horn then it's a good question i have no idea
0: You'll have to, Ryan, you'll have to do some research. All right, we'll
1: get some English horn.
0: <laughs> uh, but I love that they're all tiptoeing. They're all being very quiet here. And Olivia, again, she's a child. And her dad was a toy maker. So she, I feel like she probably always, like, was able to just, like, mess around with the toys anytime she wanted. So she comes across, like, this toy band and she turns it. And it's, of course, very, very loud. Mm-hmm. And Basil gets really upset and basically puts Dawson in charge of Olivia to watch her.
1: And, and I he think, doesn't. Because yeah. And useless. you mentioned
0: that it has a, a Geppetto's toy shop vibe because he had all the wind up toys. So mm-hmm. it's very similar to that. Um, so again, Basil, you know, he's deducing from like all these clues. He's finding like all of the soldiers are not wearing uniforms. So he picks up on that and he notices the gears are missing from the clock. And he, you know, he's putting it all together. And so all of a sudden we start to see bubbles and toys start going off as a distraction. And Olivia follows the bubbles and they're being blown by Dumbo. So that's yep. where we see Dumbo. So I thought he might. Well, be- like a
1: Dumbo toy. Like yeah. Dumbo doesn't just flat out show up in here just
0: yeah. in case but, anyone was wondering. But we mentioned it earlier that Dumbo yes. like was in the toy shop, but I thought he'd just be in the back on a shelf. I like that he was like a prominently oh, yeah. featured toy. You're not
1: going to miss him, folks. Yeah.
0: And then Fidget jumps out. This is another scene that scared you. There's like a baby bassinet or a baby crib. And she goes to look behind it, and it or in it. And Fidget is in it with a bonnet on. So
1: also just to get both of you guys. Like none of these scenes where I'm like that scared me were scenes where you were like oh that's ridiculous. Like they
2: were oh, pretty oh, justifiably yeah, scary to yeah. a five-year-old. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I guess we should say it here. We probably should have said it at the top. This is another darker one where you might want to watch it before you show it to your mm-hmm, kids. Because definitely. not only, and we'll talk about it at the end, some of what's in it.
1: Not only is everybody wise, smoking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. content-wise. But also some of the jump scares and things like that are are kind of intense. Um, and so this whole chase scene plays out. And for this, you really just have to watch it. But they're chased throughout the toy store as he's got Olivia trying to leave the toy store and make it out. And he climbs up all these blocks... And he, Fidget, makes it out with her out of a window, and then as Basil's at the top, all the blocks fall. And it reminded me of Home Alone 2, when Marv stacks oh, that goodness. very precarious thing to get up, and then it all just falls.
1: Listeners, we're recording this around Christmas yes, time, that's so guess what? what? A, lot <laughs> yeah, yeah, so a, a lot of things are going to Christmas movies? How many so
0: Christmas far? movies can, <laughs> we, yeah, can we mention?
1: Um, um, but it uh, does
0: remind me of that. Dawson is then very sad and down on himself because he should have watched her closer. But Basil also kind of rips into him here. As
1: well he should. Dawson was wrong.
0: Okay. Uh, (laughs) And then he smokes his pipe. So this is when we see Basil smoking a pipe. The smoking before this is Radigan. He's got one of those cigarette holders. Yes. That's very prominent. Um,
1: Like the Penguin or Cruella de Ville. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then Dawson pulls out the list. He keeps trying to show. A list he
1: found earlier. And if he would have shown it to Basil when he first got the list, maybe that would have saved him the 15 minutes.
0: He tried. Basil kept ignoring him and telling him to be quiet. He tried to show Basil the Uh, list.
1: I don't remember that. I think you're having, Mm. you're seeing things through Dawson colored glasses. No, 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 no. it
0: happened. (laughs) Uh, But then we cut back to her father, uh, Flavisham, making this horrifying contraption. Uh, well, and now it's got eyes. Now it's got eyes, so it's even <laughs> creepier. And we see that uh, Fidget has Olivia, and I love when she stomps on Fidget's foot, and he goes, My foot! My, my only, only foot! foot. <laughs> because he has a peg leg. And then, Amanda, you said that Radigan here reminded you of Ursula. Yes, a bit.
2: yes. He definitely, he's like Ursula and Gaston combined, I think. Um, but, like, yeah. the, the sweetness... Of him, and like but it but it's like a fake sweetness, like
1: oh yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's like a a false sweetness to kind of get what he wants, and he's got like he does i feel like has the guest on charming quality, he's trying to like lay it on thick in certain moments, and then, in that same moment, he kind of reveals his true self, mm-hmm. like when he rings the bell with Bartholomew. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I love how he rings a bell because it's always just so del- just It's dainty. very dainty, yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, and even thinking about Ursula, too, like, um, in the previous scene, like, with the dancing and everything, like, I, sh- I sort of remember her having, I it's spent so long since I've seen Little Mermaid, but, like, but she's, she also sort of had that vibe of her of, like, you know, I I am higher class and, like, you know, is that... Mm-hmm. is is. hmm does anybody higher stature yeah yeah exactly.
0: no i would agree with that yeah. i think she thinks she's better than king triton and she feels i mean again it's been a while since i've seen it as well but i think part of her thing is like i should be the one ruling right radigan does have that of like i want to be the supreme leader yeah of mouse you know and that's why he's like taking over for the queen and i feel like she has a similar vibe of being like i should have been the one in charge right. not Triton.
1: I, this is something just a note for us, but we should look up like, what is Ursula's backstory? I know she's Ooh. she's coming up in like three or soon. three movies. Yes. Yeah.
0: Which I am so pumped
1: for. But I just like, why is she, you know, why does she think like, was she, I don't know, but that, we're, we're I, going yeah, that's yeah.
2: interesting. And like, you know, this is all relevant too, because like in the beginning, you guys were talking about how this movie sort of paved the way for like other. Mm-hmm good movies so like you know like comparing them to some movies to come i feel like makes sense yeah uh,
1: these next two are kind of the end of the dark age of disney but they are also kind of the precursor to and the, I think the they new influ- renaissance yeah, yeah they
0: influence like you said i think the comparisons are interesting because they do influence the characters that they create later on and they were you know they lost so many of their strong animators. That they're well, they're behind. seasoned animators. They're seasoned yeah, animators. Yeah, yeah. That they're—I don't want to say they're starting over, but they're trying to find their own rhythm. Yeah, I feel like with these films, yeah, of sense. how to do things. Mm-hmm. Um. So after we see, you know, this false sense of sweetness with Radigan, he then puts Olivia in the bottle and like corks the bottle, and that's how he keeps her. So. Her dad can finish the toy and see that, like, they've got her. And then Radigan realizes Basil's on the case because Fidget mentions, oh, I got all the things. And then he looks for the list and he realizes that he left the list behind. And
1: he's kind of like, Fidget, it's okay. And they're, like, walking around behind the thing and then you just hear that little...
0: Ding, 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 yep, ding, again, that false sense of sweetness. So, you hear that bell and like... But
1: I also just, again, the bell is so slight, but it's so terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like it means such bad and things. And now we
0: know, like we've seen what happens when the bell yeah. rings. So we know. And then this whole next scene, Fidget is in Felicia's mouth, but she never swallows. So he's just like flying around in there, like What's, trying to get out.
1: At one point it feels like he's in her stomach. Cause it's like, I guess it's following it down to look at Rad again, but I thought yeah. She, yeah.
0: And then he eventually commands Felicia to release Fidget because he then celebrates this is actually a really great opportunity for me to catch Basil and to prove that, like, I can outsmart him because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to come right to us. So, as Basil's inspecting the list, we go back to his flat and he's doing all these scientific experiments to find out the kind of ink and the paper quality, and there's coal dust on it. Like, he's doing all these different things. So, he does all these experiments and. Then he finds out that there's salt water, yes. sodium I don't know. carbonate or something. And But um, I do
1: like that Dawson there goes salt water. Like he yeah, knows what he it is. he knew what he so. was
0: talking about. And so he's One like, oh. One point in the Dawson column. <laughs> okay. So he deduces that it's from the waterfront. So he's like, we need to find a seedy pub because there was cheap alcohol on Brandy. Brandy, there brandy that he found.
1: Rodent's Delight, a cheap brandy. Yes,
0: that's it. So he's like, we've got to find a seedy pub where the sewer connects to the waterfront, and that's where we'll find. And Rad
1: indeed, again. they do find a seedy pub. Oh boy,
0: yeah. So Toby takes them there. He yes. tells Toby to stay. And I don't know where in the movie this happens, but I love the one point where Toby's ear becomes steps. Yes, that's <laughs> later. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's later. But yeah. Um. So they're dressed in disguise. And would one of you like to describe how they're dressed?
1: <laughs> well. Um. Basil looks like just like a, a French tugboat captain. Mm-hmm. Like a sea captain. Yeah, sea captain. Yeah, Whereas with a mustache. Uh, Dawson is wearing his best Smee costume. I was best Smee, Yeah, I wrote <laughs> Smee <and I, laughs> yes.
3: yes. SME. in SME my notes. His shirt
1: won't go down over his belly. Yes. It was great. <laughs> and he's so embarrassed by it. Uh, but they go into this bar that and, is just the most like body bar, just like everyone's drinking and playing poker and I will throwing say, knives.
0: I love the tap dancing, juggling octopus Uh, that we see at the like. Basically, it's a cabaret act. There are these different performers that are coming on and off the stage throughout the scene, and the first one is the tap dancing, juggling octopus. And they all boo the octopus. I thought he was great, except for Dawson. Dawson Yeah, Dawson. Cheers. cheers. Uh, Dawson is terrible at being an in disguise. He asks for a dry
1: sherry. He bumps into someone who's like, pardon me, madam.
0: Basically, he's Frazier in that yes. moment. Um, but, uh, you know, all the ruffians uh, is what Basil refers to them as. And he's like, we have to fit in. Like, You yeah. have to act like one of those. And he never does. Uh, because,
1: because why?
0: He's not good, he's at, not good okay, at, his at being job. in disguise. He's, yes. But anyway, uh, Basil asks for Radigan. And the woman, like the barkeep, is like, she's like, oh, we've never heard of him. But then everybody like looks at one another because he said the name. And then a frog with... Like a, a lizard
1: with a fr- was it a weasel.
0: I thought it was a weasel, but maybe it was a lizard. But they were on like a unicycle or a bicycle, and then they were holding the frog. <laughs> it was right? such a yeah. short. It was a very act. short act because they were booed off stage almost immediately, and like vegetables were thrown at them.
1: You know what this place feels like? Speaking of the Muppets, uh, El Slizo Cafe, where uh, in the Muppet movie where yes. Kermit finds Fozzie. Oh yes, it's like the yeah. worst place ever.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. So they go off stage, and there's also a piano player, which will come in a little bit more later, uh, who's like playing on each act. And I love how like the act.
2: keys like go like, like are so exactly. Yeah, like roll like, off the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: They're almost like a wave at some parts of the way they move. Uh, so then a woman mouse comes on and she just looks right now dressed with like a, 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 shawl, over, a yeah. shawl and a kerchief over her head. Uh, and she starts singing Let Me Be Good to You.
1: Well, it starts off the beginning. You don't get to let me be good to you part until she's joined by two can-can oh, mouse singers. Oh no, no, no! Singers. She oh, sings get to... "Let Me Be
0: Good to You" before okay. she changes her outfit. But it's
1: it's a little co- eyebrow-raising. Yeah, well, but the, then the that lyrics... eyebrow goes flying over your head when she her outfit is fully revealed. She's a showgirl. Yeah,
0: like she's got a showgirl, Vegas showgirl outfit. There's and she nothing is I, shaking
1: her rear into the audience. She's
0: got like a feather on her head. And there's nothing I w- won't do just for you is a line. Uh, look up the lyrics because they're all pretty terrible.
1: Or on the other hand, don't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're all pretty bad. But I just wrote down those two lyrics. Um, as, as
1: Yeah. We'll as go this, into that when we get to the end. Yeah. As more, this is
0: happening, this is when their drinks are spiked. They
1: could have cut this whole scene out and done what... That like that, that song was not necessary to the no. plot whatsoever. It was just let's get all the mice in the audience all Twitter paid it up and and Dawson takes some of the drug, which affects him for all of two seconds. That drug just makes him like more drunk. He doesn't. Yeah. Uh, It's very dumb.
2: Yeah, they really didn't. I like that that he that he joined the stage with with the other girls. Though I thought that was.
3: I
1: also feel like that could have been a background thing instead of focus. Like just put them up there and then he's up there. Like instead of it being like a song and dance number, they look a little bit like uh, Madeline Kahn in uh, Blazing Saddles, like that kind of showgirl. Like like I'm tired. Oh yeah, you haven't seen Blazing Saddles? I forgot.
0: That's okay. Uh, You can still say it because listeners probably have.
1: Yeah. They know what I'm talking about,
0: um, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that this song added anything, and I like that Dawson went up there. But I think like you didn't have to make a whole song the focus of it to get
1: especially him up the there. song all about uh, I will make men feel good. I am my job is here to make you to, feel good. At, at the pleasure of men. Yes, yeah, it's problematic. It's, it's, so
0: it's very problematic. Yeah. So um, that happens. Uh, That's <laughs> all. <is cool. laughs> Basil pretty much realizes that the drinks have been drugged and that's when we said Dawson chugs his and that all happens. And then he hears the peg leg and he sees fidget. And so he's watching fidget. And then once Dawson's on stage, um, he winds up falling onto the piano player and the piano and the piano player goes to hit Dawson and misses.
1: My favorite trope in bars is the bar fight started by someone missing someone else.
0: Yes. So uh, the bar fight ensues because the piano player mm-hmm. misses who he's gonna hit, and then this is when all the guns come out. There's like a bunch of guns. Guns
2: playing like
0: Yeah, there's like I must have... and guns. Yeah, and there's like everything. And then as this is all happening, Basil finds the trap door behind the bar, and they follow Fidget through the pipes. And this reminded me of when, so listeners, any listeners who are from where I grew up, there's this delightful wonderful restaurant called anchors Inn. it is walking distance from my father's house but do you remember when we were all sitting around the bar and the bartender went down and oh, you like lost your mind because there's like a trap door they they keep like this beer is, and like storage is, well yeah but bar. having those
1: is apparently more of an east coast thing it happens especially in new york city and stuff like that basement yeah don't have
0: basements out here in so Texas.
1: but i'm just like sitting looking at the bar and all of a sudden the guy just goes but, 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 and, like, disappears. And I was like, I thought he was doing that Austin Powers jokey thing for yeah. a second. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, but, to no audience.
0: That's what it reminded me of, was yeah. that trapdoor behind the bar is kind of similar. Uh, but they follow him through the pipes. And you... you Made the comment about how they saved on animation
1: because they they just showed the pipes. It's a good bit, but it's like just showing the pipes and going up this picture of pipes. It's like, don't turn there. And then one thing wiggles a little bit. It's like, oh, okay, we'll take a left. And it's like, that's funny. But I'm like, this is also saving them so much money on animation.
0: Yes. Uh, So then they find Radigan's hideout and they see what they think is Olivia in the bottle. But then it's fidget. And that's another little bit of a scary scene when like fidget turns over and it's fidget well, in It's like, that bottle.
1: there's no music and like no sound. He's just like, eh. yeah, <laughs> like it's yeah. so weird.
0: Uh, and so I love this part because when they, when fidget reveals it's him, then this banner comes down oh, that yeah, says, welcome Basil. And there are these so balloons. That part was really funny. Um, and then Basil calls him a sewer rat, and he calls him that a couple times. Yeah. Uh, so obviously that kind of gets under Radigan's skin a little bit, but um, Radigan says he's one. and all of his like henchmen and goons are laughing at Basil, and everyone's just pointing and laughing at you know how silly and stupid um, he is. You know he's not clever like Radigan is, and he puts the two of them. He ties them up and puts him and Dawson in a mouse trap, and then all these weapons around him. And what is it called again? A Rue Goldberg, is that it?
1: Yeah, it's it's he's okay, so first off he says, I couldn't think of the one way I wanted to kill you, so I'm going to use them all. And it was yeah. like an axe and a and a anvil and a gun.
0: And then the mouse trap that they're in.
1: Yes. So the idea is he's going to play a song on a record and as the the needle moves towards the middle, it's gonna pull a string and then drop a ball that comes down, does that. But he's also recorded a song. <laughs> with a band that is specifically like "I Win, You're Gonna Die" song, yes. it is the funniest concept like of of any like Batman villain, James Bond villain thing. I love the idea that he's like, I've made a record and I mm-hmm. want you to listen. To yeah. with the last thing you hear is my voice singing. Well, it's like, so what better. a jerk! <laughs> so
0: Usually, cute. the James Bond. Villains always give away their plan. And instead of him giving away a plan, he's like, here's the song I made for you. But I've (laughs) got to go because you were 15 minutes late and I expected you to be here 15 minutes early so I can't stay and watch. So I've set up a camera that will take a Polaroid or take a picture yeah. of you. I guess not a Polaroid because it's
1: 1897. Right, right, right. Well, here's a question. If he had been there 15 minutes early, would Radigan have just sat there and like sung along with the song? <laughs> would, he, would he have done the whole thing live and then pulled and those, pulled like, those he's like? He's like, oh, right. he's like, oh, he's late. We might as well cut a record.
0: Yeah. Do you
1: know how hard it was to probably... I don't even know if they actually had vinyl records back in
0: well, was that,
1: 18-whatever. Um, it, the phonograph, I'm talking about they maybe had, like, wax cylinders. But yeah. anyway, the idea of him, like, we have to press a records for my, my, my nemesis. Like, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Uh,
0: but the song is a goodbye song. And then Amanda and I just started <laughs> laughing about... How it was a good, like, farewell song uh, that we could use in therapy. And I look forward to hearing Amanda's version because I think she's going to learn it. Yeah, I think
2: I will. Like, it just is really catchy. And I I like some of the lines of it, how, like, time flies and stuff. I thought that
0: was, like...
1: And none of it is, like, you're going to die. Like, none of it is about that. It's just, like...
0: you can change the words if you want to, like, apply it to the group you're using it for. But, yeah, it is really catchy. Um, so definitely check out that song. Uh, but Especially if you're a music leaves...
2: therapist for older adults.
0: <laughs> exactly, yes, yes, definitely check it out. Uh, but Radigan leaves on a blimp that Fidget is pedaling. And the pedals come back into play a bunch of different times. But yeah. I love that like that is what's powering the blimp, essentially. So uh, the goodbye song plays, and then it cuts to the queen, and she you see in the shadows like the guards get knocked out and then his guards go into place and then they present her with a gift and it's Fidget and the gang and then you realize that what Flavisham has been making is a toy version of the queen. So the queen will... they'll be able to capture her and put the toy version out there to the people who are waiting to hear her speak. Mm-hmm. And it's a creepy version because she, like, jerks and twitches. Yes. It's not very smooth. Um, And so it then cuts back to Basil and Dawson and the record skipping, and Dawson is trying to be like, you've got to get us out of this. Like, I know you can think of a way to get us out of this. And this is when you mentioned earlier that Basil is, like, so down on himself and is so yes because
1: he thinks he's lost so he's like whatever and and dawson says well we might as well just start the trap early and that triggers basil to be like start the trapper and he gets that that insane look in his face again and that's
0: a house moment for me like someone else gives <laughs> house the brilliance <laughs> yeah. like that's what it reminded <laughs> me of house again um, so the trap starts and Basil figures out how to get out of the trap.
1: This scene, uh, if you don't watch this movie, look up this scene. Yes. This is my favorite scene in the movie. Cause he starts looking around. he's like divided by the, the size of the house trial using so-and-so's method, blah, blah, All right. When I say now and the, and the, and the, the song ends and the ball starts rolling. I, I say now hit it. And he, and he hits it at the right time and it catches on the ball. The
0: mousetrap. And then it Jeez.
1: like. Pings something off that like shoots off the gun that stops the axe that cuts them in half like the the trap in half so that they both get out of it.
0: And then and the anvil falls, but they're already they're
1: already out. out the and, and then it gets Olivia out of her bottle, and then Basil like gets out of his 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 uh, disguise, puts on his thing, grabs them, looks straight in the camera, goes, "Remember, all right, everyone, smile!" <laughs> and then the camera goes off, and it made me laugh so, so hard. There, it's
2: such a can- great scene.
1: He catches Olivia.
0: Olivia flies out of the bottle and he literally just puts his hand out knowing she's going to land in his hand. Yes, And I kind of wish in the credits they had put that picture up. Like, I kind of wish that picture just, like, appeared in the credits that they just, like, yes. did a drawing or an animation of it. So oh, like they went and gotten
1: it developed? Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I just wish we had seen it. So, but-
1: you're, I if you like that, I really think you're going to like the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Because, like, there's this part at the beginning where he's in a fist fight and he's thinking it through. He's like, alright, he's going to go with this. And he's favoring his left foot so he's going to move like this. And I'm going to, like, grab his hand. And it's all in slow motion. He's like, I'm going to move here. I should hit him in the ribs. No, I should hit him here. No, I should... And they do that. And then they finally just do it. Oops, sorry. They finally just... I'm moving the heck out of this microphone. They finally just do it, and it's like a three-second scene of him beating up this guy. But like, if you like them whole him thinking through everything, you'll like Robert Downey Jr.'s version. Mm. Plus, you love Robert Downey Jr. I do,
0: yeah. Yeah. so then it goes back to the queen toy announcing Radigan and it's being voiced by her dad, by I, the toy maker and sounding like the queen.
1: I have to ask Amanda something here because Amanda's a, a fan of uh, anime. Mm-hmm. Do you know an anime called like Unico and it's a little unicorn?
2: No, I've never heard of that. Okay.
1: There was a movie I saw. There's I, another traumatizing movie. It's something I saw. <laughs> there's there's one where, where he or she, I don't know, a Unico could be there. Fights this like wizard who used to be a doll that came to life oh, and no. he's got this voice that kind of sounds like the queen and it was the most and he's like i'm going to kill you and it was like the scariest thing and i'm listening to that queen's voice going oh no like it was like really hitting me with weird flashbacks okay sorry we will when this years from now when we're running out of content we will do unico and the island of dolls or whatever the heck it was called <laughs> and right. scare me all over again okay
0: um so they're announcing she's announcing radigan and fidget is taking the queen to the cat
1: yes does, to felicia
0: Fidget ring the bell i think
1: Someone? i don't think anyone rings bell. i think felicia might just be out there maybe but uh, yeah.
0: yeah so it's taking the queen to the cat the real queen to the cat and radigan appears when the toy announces him with all of these medals This, like, plush purple and, like, the white and the the speckled, like, fur. Yes. The black speckled fur. I think he's got a crown. Yes. And then Amanda wrote cape drama, and he's got great cape drama. Did you notice, too, like, his tail was covered? With the purple, like it was like a separate piece that was mm. like covered over it, or at least it looked like it. Well, anyway. the
1: tail was the big identifier that he wasn't just a mouse.
0: Yeah, so that was probably covering that up. And he has cape drama even before this. Oh yeah, totally. In general, he's got good well, cape
1: his drama. his piece in villainous is like it looks oh, like that's this, right. and he's got looks like he's got the cape. The cape yeah. is a big part of Ratty. But I
0: don't think we've played as him because I have. You have yes, okay. and I think
1: you were just like I don't know what any of this is, and I was like, because well, don't worry not about it. The yeah, movie,
0: yeah. Um. So then. Toby heads to the palace with the gang. So now the gang is free. They get on Toby, the gang being Basil on everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go to try to save the queen. Toby winds up chasing the cat. And Basil takes over the voice of the queen. And basically, the queen breaks down and destructs the toy version. And again, that's kind of disturbing when that whole thing <laughs> well, it's breaks like, down to nothing. It's,
1: it's like a trap mouth and eyes and it's yeah Yeah.
0: uh so that breaks down and then a chase ensues and it cuts back to the cat and the dog and the cat jumps this stone wall and thinks it's free and like very smugly a little lucifer smug looks at toby like ha i got away and jumps down and then you see a sign that says royal guard dogs so she jumps into these guard dogs and then rat again i was
1: i was about to say they're doing a terrible job but they're not there for the mouse queen they're there for the real queen yes
0: so then, Radigan, uh... It
1: should have been her corgis that attacked her. Oh,
0: that would have been <laughs> yes. So, Radigan then takes Olivia to the blimp. And Olivia is so feisty. I like how feisty Olivia is, yes, like, standing is. up to him and saying, Basil's smarter than you, he's gonna save me. And Basil, again, he looks at the Union Jack flag, he looks at the flag, he looks at the balloons, he tells Dawson and Flavish him to get the balloons, and he creates his own version of a blimp essentially um and then they use one of the air in the balloons to go faster like they let the air out to like give them a push to go faster because fidget is pedaling super fast Mm -hmm. to get away from them and then fidget says that they need to lighten the load and is trying to tell him we should just throw olivia overboard and radigan says yes we do need to lighten the load and he just drops fidget and fidget for I guess for what we know has died from a very high height into water we watch him we watch the water move
1: <laughs> well because he yells i can't I can't fly, I can't swim
0: yeah, and then that's the end of fidget.
1: I think there was a uh I, th- I remember reading or seeing something where he had another scene and they cut it out Oh uh, okay so I think int- he was intended to survive
0: yeah and then Radigan starts pedaling himself. And he winds up crashing into Big Ben, into the face of the clock tower. And Basil, at this point, gets on the blimp. They get close enough that Basil's on the blimp, so all three of them crash into the clock tower. And then there's a fight in the gears. And this was the part we mentioned with the computer animation. Yes. Um, And this part is really intense. Olivia almost gets crushed at one point by the gears and Basil saves her. Um, and Radigan is chasing, and this is where like Radigan becomes like fully formed as a rat again. Like you're starting to see A his- rat again. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. Uh but like his his clothes start tearing and ripping, and he's starting to run on all fours he looks instead like of Beast. being upright. He looks like a combination of Beast and the Rat from Lady and the Tramp. Like his yes. movements are similar to the rat and radiant Lady and the Tramp.
1: But I'm starting to see closer connections to this movie and the like the early mm. Disney uh, Renaissance, like yeah. having seen it again this close, like yeah. you can definitely tell that this is they're they're figuring stuff out in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very mm-hmm.
0: much so. Um, but he starts becoming very disheveled and becoming what he is, which yeah. is a rat, um, throughout this whole chase scene. And then they're on the like hands of the clock, and so they're still fighting and chasing one another and battling. And Basil falls, but rings the bell.
1: He falls and he catches the the remains of the blimp that are hanging out of the clock face. Yeah. And then he rings the bell, which I, I was like, what is that I thought doing? I was going
0: to do something with a cat, but then the clock chimes. I think it was just to time. like,
1: yeah, make him realize to the clock.
0: Distract, I think to distract Radigan, maybe. I don't really know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, then the clock chimes. And he, they both fall from the top of the tower. So again, a villain falls from a very high height.
1: Can you um, imagine if you're walking by Big Ben that night and you're like, "What a beautiful night!" Plack, and the rat the just rat hits just the
0: ground. <laughs> um, like,
3: what the heck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we think that Basil and Ratigan have fallen, but then all of a sudden, Basil is pedaling, and he's he got, got the got tail the, end of he's the he's got yeah. the tail end of the blimp, so he's pedaling back up using that mechanism um and then he is thanked by the queen it's in the newspaper uh and everyone is saying goodbye to Basil so you know Olivia is leaving with her father and Dawson is saying you know it's time to go like i should be on my way and then there's a woman at the door and she is looking for the great Basil to mm-hmm. help her the mouse detective and he introduced Dust Dawson as his trusty associate who helps on all my cases and so then that's how we- we know that they're going to stay together and investigate stuff from here on out. Uh, and then it zooms out and you see Toby kind of waiting outside and Sherlock is playing the violin from up above in Baker Street. Uh, and Dawson, Dawson ends with the narration and then the credits play.
1: I, I just want to commend you on on this, on every episode, how much you write. To get all that information in there, because I'm just like, I'll just remember all this. Yeah, (laughs) but would you like? Would
0: would you remember it? Like, is it helpful for me to describe it in that way?
1: It's absolutely helpful. But I, yeah, no. What I'm saying is, I'm about as useful as Dawson is in this movie. Sometimes remembering (laughs) things. Um, yeah, guys. So we're we're at the end. Um, let's go through our questions. Oh,
0: and I don't think we had. Did we have the villain ranking, Amanda? Oh yes, for uh, Alice.
1: She was she. We didn't have it for Alice for oh, her. Oh no,
2: we so didn't. Exciting. That's right. Yeah.
1: So um, this is her first villain ranking. The first one
0: that you can be a part of the ranking. Yeah. Yes. But
1: but real quick, let's talk about the princess. Yes. Who I believe in this case would be Basil, okay. and I thought Basil was amazing. Yes. I loved him. I loved him so much.
2: Yeah, he's very charming. Um. For sure. He's
1: charm. Yeah. He's charming while also being kind of a jerk. Yeah. But it's like. He has such a good arc for it, like, you know, because it's a Disney movie and they there's not a whole bunch of other uh, movies after this. So they could kind of just have him be like, and he learns a lesson and it's yeah. it's fun and I love it. I thought he was so clever.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think if you like Sherlock, if you like House, if you like that character, I think you will really like Basil because he has all of those traits. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they did a good job with him.
1: Uh, how was the princess, which I guess in this case would be Olivia.
0: Liked her. I, really liked I thought. Her, yeah. I thought she was sweet, but I also think she had agency. Like she, you know, she, she, she's little, so she gets captured in things, but like she doesn't go quietly, right? Like she stomps on Fidget's foot. She like pushes back at Radigan. Like she's looking for her dad. Like she could have just not gone after to find her dad.
1: I don't know if that's necessarily agency or just like a good character.
0: Possibly, yeah. To
1: to me. Excuse me. To me, she didn't feel like she had agency because the whole thing is like her dad was there. Her dad's taken away. She's look. She goes to Basil. Basil does. She just follows Basil around. I guess that's mm-hmm. true. She's a cute character, but I don't think she had. A, I, I don't think there's any female agency. Well, then maybe
0: agency isn't the right word, but I like that she stands up. She's very precocious. I like that, she stands, I like and that she stands up for herself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, how was the sidekick? We all know my opinion <laughs> on Dawson, but for a second, I'd like to talk about. The, the, who should have ended up being, he should have kicked Dawson to the curb and said, my partner is Toby. Toby is wonderful. <laughs> I love Toby so much. He was so cute. The scene between the two of them was one of my favorite scenes.
0: Amanda, what did you think about Dawson and Toby? Um,
2: I don't know. I I, I like... Also fidget, if you want to talk about fidget. Oh, yeah. Oh, fidget, fidget I was going to mention. But yeah, um, but yeah I, I I like, I'm neutral to Dawson, Dawson now that, like, you know, Ryan... Has sort of talked me into.
1: His uh, I'm honestly neutral about Dawson. I'm just playing it up a little bit for comedy, <laughs> but yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I like. I don't want you to think I think Dawson is like the greatest thing. <laughs> I just think you're being a little harsh to Dawson. But yeah, I'm kind of indifferent about Dawson. Toby was. I I liked Toby. I thought he added a lot of humor. Fidget is great. I really liked Fidget a lot. Really, he's weird. I like weird like minion sidekicks. I kicks. I loved Creeper. Creeper was such a weirdo in Black Cauldron, but, like, he added a lot of humor that I think was needed in that film. I don't think the humor was necessarily needed by Fidget in this film, but I did enjoy Fidget, Mm -hmm. and I liked some of his lines. I liked... He was weird. My only
1: foot. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I liked how weird he was. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that is... uh, I gravitate to characters that have like this weird energy to them and mm-hmm. I feel like he had that. Yeah.
2: I, I want to hear um, the story of of his leg. Like how did he get that?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm 100% he get that? sure Felicia ate it. Like I I I think he is this is not the first time Radigan has almost served him up to that cat, to or certain yeah. like has
0: actually served yeah. him up, yeah. And speaking of that, while we're on that, you wanted to talk about disability representation, so we might as well, well talk. Do you let's want? Let's talk, talk about it right it now,
1: but it's something we'll go into a little bit. I mean, th- we could have covered it later, but let it's something we don't. We probably need to think about when we're talking about or does it hold up? Because I do think there's a little bit of an issue here that, especially around this time, especially even to this day, I think we're finally starting to do less stuff of it. There, for a long time, it was disability equals bad guy. Disability yeah. equals weird thing that makes you a villain. It's like the, the villain origin story is I lost an arm, I lost an eye, I lost a leg. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know that I have a lot of like insight into that, but it is something I think we should bring up here. You know, And be aware okay. of as we're moving yeah. forward.
0: Yeah, for, for sure. sure. For sure
2: and like radigan toward the end like whenever he was listing out his his like changes that he wanted for the community like one of them was oh, to right. lock up the infirm and the elder and the
0: elderly and children yeah, yeah he was going after all the vulnerable mm-hmm. uh populations of the mice
1: which just feels like a, we got to heal this guy up some more but like make him more hated before we I don't know that I mean it is an easy target to be like the infirm you know like whatever so but yeah I just want to make sure we covered that going in yeah no
0: I think it's an important thing to highlight and it's definitely something to look out for
1: so let's talk a little bit more about that stuff we'll get back to the musical number well I think we can all agree the best musical number was goodbye yeah goodbye song (laughs) was great the
0: musical number that should be cut we also all agree on is I'll give it all to you or whatever that song that's not what the song (laughs) that's basically what it said
1: let me look it back
0: up let me be good to you it's the Sorry. same thing it's the same thing let me be good to you and let me give it all to you it's very
1: simple. um uh so speaking on that let's talk about the female agency in this movie because we have uh, the little girl who is constantly running is, is, is a damsel she's in distress. She's a child.
0: Yeah. But right. yes, I see that she's a damsel, but she's also a child, which I think changes that slightly.
1: But if there were other characters that were had more agency, that would be fine. Because let's look at the other characters. Okay. There's the servant woman.
0: The woman at uh there's Miss Judson. Yes, there's a housekeeper,
1: yeah. so there's a servant. Uh there's the the wait the staff. Key there's yeah. uh the dancing girl who again is willing to whose whose song is what was it called again <laughs> like take me, me home me now like what let did you want it all to you. <laughs> <laughs> um so that that whole scene was just like was aye, aye, aye. Yeah. uh and then the other one was just the queen so you've got like the like sainted uh mo- like version of a woman where it's like on a pedestal like this is yeah. what it is there's no character in any of it. Oh, and there's a woman at the end who is now the new damsel in distress.
0: Yes. Yeah. I so, would agree with that. Yeah.
1: I think this movie had really bad female agency. I think it had delightful characters. But if you're getting in this movie looking to like as, there as a There were not woman, a lot of. Yeah. yeah. There
0: weren't any strong female. Strong positive. In the. Like positive In the character.
2: home stories are there.
1: I, Irene things. Adler is the one I keep thinking of, and she was like the 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 obviously not gentleman, but like she was the best thing I think. was she's like the gentleman thief. Do you remember that? There's an episode of uh, Cumberbatch and I watched and them all, but I probably don't. But remember there's the one it. with the woman who like comes in and is just nude and talking to him, and she's doing that so she can give him her, her uh one to like be like I'm going to distract Sherlock, and Sherlock's like this isn't distracting me, yeah. and then he also gives her his fi- her figures. Her her measurements, which is a code he needs later, and he knows that just by looking at her. Yeah, and he that's how he does it. But it's the one where he's like, he he's doing something in there, but they're trying to get him to open. That's what it is. He's he's using her figure to open a, a, a safe, and then he says like, uh, "Clockwork Violin," and him and like Watson have that like that's their signal to go into a fight. Yeah. Do you remember that? No, it's I one don't of my favorite anything. things. But she's very interesting because she's very smart. Uh, she's in, in, she's played by, um, uh, what's her name? Regina from Mean Girls in, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. version. But they're like, they're love interests, but also like, she's a thief. She's very smart, but she uses it to steal things. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm going to catch you though. But I want to, it's, it's Catwoman. It's Catwoman and Batman pretty much. Oh yeah. Where it's like, oh, I, I, but you're a bad, you're a bad girl. What's so bad about me? Don't you love me, Bruce Wayne? Like that stuff. That was a terrible Catwoman. Yeah, but.
0: and that's also a trope that I'm not necessarily a huge fan of. I yeah, think- I mean,
1: I'm not a woman, so I can't make that call, but I really like versions of Irene Adler. I think yeah. that's her name. Like, like the more modern versions are more interesting than mm-hmm. the the old versions. But yeah. that's you know, you're right. There's not a lot of women in the Sherlock stories. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing to bring up: no actors or actresses of of, of color used in this.
0: And yeah, and we're starting to track that yeah. now as we're
1: I I don't think saying, Well, it's all mice, like I don't think that's an excuse. Yeah. I think you can hire you can a multicultural hire, background. Yeah. To do I mean these they hired
0: for- what's his name who had the Scrooge McDuck Scottish accent, like you could have hired they could have had different accents. You could have had yeah.
1: anybody. Uh and you know, today they do that in like Zootopia and stuff like that, where it's a it's a multicultural uh cast. Yeah. So yeah. um drinking, smoking, the it, Yeah. That's all there. there. Firearms, Guns, firearms, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That, so maybe check this one out before you show it to your kids um okay so we are now ready i can tell amanda's right. excited for the, villain. the infallible yeah the infallible scientific villain rankings yes. uh which means i'm assuming means i don't have to explain it to no,
2: you No, i already so have it ready
1: oh you've already <laughs> planned ahead that's amazing
0: i love it oh you are the best <laughs>
1: Uh, so let's start off with frightening. Well, what do you got then? We're going to start with you every time, Amanda. What do you have for frightening? Uh,
2: oh, I'm going to definitely give him a five for this one. Okay, um, he, like, you know, uh, he sends people off to their deaths who are on his team. Um, you know, he's, he's also like his expressions are so exaggerated, um, as they're animated. Like he has this huge mouth and like. You know, there's, there's always these, like, ju- juxtapositions of, like, you know, he had the ballerina thing for a minute, and he was, like, soft, and then, like, just, like, you know, very quickly, like, snatched it, and um mm-hmm. and so, like, I don't know, I, I kind of, I mean, I'm not going to have nightmares about him, but I think that he's pretty frightening in, in this world. Um,
1: yeah, especially near the end. I. What do you think?
0: I had between a four and a five, and I think Amanda's selling me on the five, because I think... Just that scene, the first scene where he rings the bell and he feeds Bartholomew, I think like there is a it's it's more than sinister. Like he's very much like if you don't do what I say and like you don't you know, if, if you don't say what I want you to say, if you don't act the way I want you to act, I'm not like you don't get a second chance. Like even with Fidget, I feel like that
1: sounds like a R&B song. <laughs> say what I want you to say. Act how I want you to act. You don't get a second chance.
0: <laughs> um, so I don't know. I just, I, I do think he's, he's very intense and he is very scary. And. I know, like, we're not ranking Fidget, but I think Fidget is also intense, and Fidget is, like, an extension of him. So, yeah, I'm going to give him a five. Well,
1: see, I'm going to give him a four for the opposite of that, because of all the things I remember being horrified of this movie, he was not one of them. It
0: was always Fidget. So I'm
1: going to ding him one
0: point Fair enough.
1: So, so up. Funny. What did you have for Funny, Amanda?
0: Mm, I don't know. This one's
2: a little tough for me, because I love his little goodbye song. That's probably the most hilarious thing that he's done. Um... But I don't, I don't really know if there are any other like parts of him that were funny. Um, other than
1: that, but I don't know. You didn't, uh, you didn't think it's slimy. Well, you said you had your numbers written down. So what do you got? Oh,
2: I didn't have numbers. I just have the categories written down.
1: Oh, As, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought you had your numbers.
2: Oh, then oh, yeah. we won't put you on the yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Same. Yeah. Um, um,
1: I mean, I'm thinking a three. Yeah, I was also thinking a three. I think he's middle of the- I think he yeah. wants to be a little funnier, and I like him, but he's... He, he, it, he's,
0: he's got a lot of exaggerated mannerisms, which they said they took from Vincent Price. And so I think some of those moments are funny. The goodbye song is absolutely hilarious. The
1: goodbye song when he bursts out of the thing really made me laugh.
0: With all the medals? Yeah, yes. Yes, that was also very funny. Yeah, I'm going to give him a three. Yeah
1: uh fierce i I, you know he had cape drama he the scene where he burst out i think he really had good stuff there um i mean he had he kind of lost his i think some of it is keeping your cool Mm -hmm. and he lost it a few times so maybe i don't give him a full once for that but i'm thinking somewhere in a three or a four
0: yeah i'm thinking a four
1: unless what about you tara
0: I'm in between a three and a four. You talk first.
1: Here's then. the thing. I can see the wheels turning in, her- in Tara's mind. She's going, I don't want this guy up too high. Yeah.
0: No, 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 That's not necessarily it. What I'm thinking is I wanted to give him a... Th- you go. You go. Three. Is a- three for you?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm giving him a four just because, again, of the exaggeration of, of his expressions, I sort I think, yeah. sort of, like, also goes into that, like, drag queen energy about him.
1: Yes.
0: hmm uh. Yeah, he's very exaggerated. He's very larger than life. Like, he steals, he steals a lot of the scenes. Um, I'm just, it's hard for me because I'm thinking how I ranked other villains, and I know I'm not supposed to do that, but it's hard to not compare.
1: I mean, I tend to go like he, I don't remember every villain I've ever ranked. Well, I don't I remember, remember major the numbers,
0: ones. but like trying to like get the, the energy from them. I'm going to give him a three. I think Okay, I, that was a hard one for me. I was really between a three and a four.
1: Okay. Effective. So mm. he was the queen's consort for a hot second. that was about it he captured olivia he he did
0: captured flavisham well that was all
1: leading towards his big thing so yes he got very close to the end and he did capture basil
2: right right and he knew that basil was coming too yeah
3: yeah so he had one
0: up on him a little bit of maleficent where maleficent captures prince philip ahead of time i mean he's
1: the world's greatest criminal mind yeah Mm.
0: does he get a five for that though
1: I don't think he gets a five. No, 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 Because no. so even, even him getting to the queen thing, it happened for such little time. Like, it is, I could count it on a watch how long he had it, you know? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: don't know. I'm just sort of stuck between three and four for this one, too. Uh-huh.
1: I mean, Basil showed up. He didn't lure Basil there, so he just knew he was coming. That was about it. I don't know. I'm but I'm somewhere between a get, three and a four.
0: I feel like he got into Basil's head, though, because if Dawson wasn't there, as much as you don't like Dawson, Basil would have given up. Basil Basil totally would have given up in that mouse trap, because he was so self-absorbed. He wasn't thinking about Olivia. He wasn't thinking about anyone else except for his bruised ego and like that he wasn't clever enough. So what would so you like to give I you? think I'm going to give him a four. I think, a four. I think he got yeah. into Basil's head. I think he, like we said, he captured Basil, like, he didn't succeed for very long, but he succeeded. Okay. Mm -hmm. So.
2: Yeah, you've convinced me, Tara. I'm also gonna give give him a four for that.
0: What do you think, Ryan? I'm
1: still thinking a three, but I'm, it's like
0: a hard... He's been a hard one for me to, to pick numbers for. I didn't expect him to be so hard, but... I, I'm torn. Here's the thing, and I think this, this
1: may come up with a yes factor at the end because I had a good yes factor going into it. And well we'll get into that in a sec. That might be Yeah, come give
0: up. your number first for this.
1: Design uh I'm gonna go with three. Oh okay. design. Design. I really liked how sleek he looked. I like that he's big and physically opposing uh uh uh, uh imposing. Then when he, he becomes this just beast like when he changes it's so obvious like before it's like, oh I guess he's just a big mouse. Oh no he's a rat. And then it's like, oh he's a rat. Mm-hmm. And he's and he gets really scary and, and he gets his claw, really sleek. His, his, yeah. his his
0: his like claws get really intense. I
1: I'd, I'd give him a four, I think. Yeah, four for me too.
0: Yeah, I give him a four as well. He's also like so much bigger than everybody else, like you said. And yeah, I really like what they did with him.
1: Um, so for go away heat, I was originally going to give him a two because, and I think what I wanted to give a two was how scared I was of this movie as a kid. Even going back into it, I was like, oh, this movie is going to kind of bother me. But, like, he's not part of that for me. So I think he gets a one for go away heat for me.
0: I think he gets a two for go away heat for me because he feeds people to the cat. Yeah. He actually murders people. So I have to give him a two for that.
2: I think a two as well for that reason.
1: (laughs) And, like,
0: we see it happen. Like, it's not like a threat. Like, he actually kills one of his people. Yeah.
1: So. Yes, factor. So l- what I was going to say with this was I was excited to see him when I got there. But once he was like on screen, he actually kind of disappointed me. And while he's getting all these like points, because he is frightening, he is kind of funny. He is effective. Like
0: He's ticking the boxes and it. It's
1: not all like necessarily coming together as one thing for me in a way that I was super excited to see him. I was excited to see Toby. I was way more excited like anytime Basil was on screen. Like I almost was like, please go away so I can see more Basil. Which is different for me because I'm usually a villain Well, then dude. wouldn't
0: you put your go-away heat higher? Yeah, I guess. I don't want to talk you into changing your go-away Yeah, I'll heat do that. Number, I'll change. No, I'm said, going. You're right. Go I'm going to change it to a two. But
1: I think I'm, I think he's got a yes factor of a two as well for me.
2: Okay. I think I'd do a three. Um, just because I, I, you know, I, I like him. I, I like his design. Like, there's, there's, Yeah. Uh, just three feels right I don't really have a good explanation for why (laughs) what do you feel Tara okay
0: I I liked him as a villain because I think he I'm gonna give him a three I I liked him more than I think I thought I would I I didn't really have an opinion of him because I didn't know anything about him except for what I read and I didn't read a ton um But I think he's very imposing. I think he's very threatening. That fake sweetness that we talked a lot about, that's one of the reasons I love Ursula. One of the reasons I love Scar is that sarcasm, that very dry, like, that's a little bit different than the fake sweetness, but it falls in a similar category. Um, So I like those types of villains, and I think think he's the start of that. So I kind of want to give him credit for that, because I think, as we've been talking about throughout this movie... If this movie didn't happen, would we have had the other ones, right? I think mm-hmm. this movie like is influencing the ones we're going to see later. And the one, the villains and the other characters that I love. So I want to give him a three for that.
1: Well, I've got good news for both of you. He's cracked the top ten. Whoa! Whoa. He is number wow. nine. Wow. With a 23.3. Oh my goodness. Which puts him right under Madame Medusa.
0: Can you give us the top ten?
1: The top ten currently is Cruella Deville. The uh, the Evil Queen and Maleficent tied for second. Uh, then with fourth is Captain Hook, the Headless Horseman, Madam Mim, Shere Khan, Madam Medusa, and Radigan. Oh, and uh, Lady Tremaine. Now, if I would rearrange those, I would keep them all the same except the last three would go Lady Tremaine, Radigan, Madam Medusa, I think.
0: Yeah, I think Lady Tremaine should have been scored higher than we scored her. She was really intense. We may
1: we may start talking about uh, uh, our redemption spots, like having like a redo. I
0: I do think that those that he's he's in good company among those 10. Absolutely. absolutely. I, I think he fits in there. Yeah. I'm a little bit, I'm not like super shocked, but I don't think I expected him to be in the top 10. So that's interesting. I think as we get into that Renaissance, obviously that's going to, those numbers are going to I shift.
1: still predict Ursula will become our number one villain. Oh, I think so I too. Think so, yes. So, so. That is my yeah. absolute prediction. Yeah. Um. One last thing, of course, before we go, do we keep this one up on the shelf or do we throw it in the vault? T- I want to point. say, Tara gets these looks like it's such a hard choice. And you, it's just buying a movie or not. I That's know, what it boils down to. It's hard for me
0: because, I, well, I think for me, I hate locking it away in the vault. You know, I have my drawer and I have a vault. Um,
1: no. No, you don't. Your vault <laughs> is like, your drawer is the vault annex. That's all it is. It's vault
0: 2.0. There are a lot of things I liked about this movie and I like him as a villain and I love Basil, but there's a lot of problematic things in this movie as well. That is true. So part of me, it's kind of similar to lady in the tramp. Like, and we talked about this, like, do you cut it out because you want, you want to acknowledge that it's there and that it's not right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the, the Siamese scene with the cats, you could easily cut that out of the movie and still have a very good movie. Right. I feel similar to, Although in this movie, things happen within the bar while that song is playing that the storyline still needs to progress. Yeah. You couldn't just cut that scene. Like literally the cats, you don't need that scene. It's gone and the movie's better for it. Yeah. Um. I think that's what's hard about this one for me is it's not Peter Pan. It's not the caliber of Peter Pan where that's sprinkled throughout the entire movie of Peter yeah. Pan. What's inappropriate about it. This has moments of that. But that's where it's kind of hard for me to make that decision. Amanda? I don't
2: know if I would own it, but I wouldn't lock it in the vault. I would love to see a
1: good remake of it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I feel you on that. We talked a little bit about this with the Black Cauldron as well. It would
0: be cool to see a remake of that and for them to to highlight what was done well and then change what wasn't done well. And I think the same could be said about this Mm -hmm. as
1: well. Yeah. But I'd want to see it done and just reanimated. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't need like a live action Like I mainly. want to
1: see the next adventure of Basil and what's-his-name. Yeah. Um, what's-his-name. <laughs> Dawson. I should probably, yeah. yeah, take out what's-his-name. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Basil and Dawson. Yeah. I would love to see like their next adventure. Like, we pick up the next story. And the next story is Dawson has been re-enlisted and needs to go back. Okay. But now Basil has a new guy, Blossom, and Blossom has- More to add to the story. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, great, guys. This was... I. Oh, I don't know if I said... I would like to... to, I would keep it on my shelf. Like, I liked it... Mostly, I'd like uh, Basil so much. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot express... This is much like Baloo, where it's like, I knew about them, and now that I've seen them, I'm like, I love this character. Like, I did not realize how much I love this character until I saw this. Um, So... Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, yeah, it's so great me. to have you back. It's yes. always a laugh, right? When you're here, I feel like we always laugh the hardest. Oh, uh, good. And one of your episodes, yeah,
0: you and Gretchen. I feel like Gretchen's. We laughed a lot <laughs> yes. into
3: so
1: uh, Gretchen. So, uh, as you know, we ask our guests to plug something, whether it's a personal project, something you've just been enjoying recently, maybe the Muppet Christmas Carol, or uh, just, you know, whatever you want to say. So, plug away.
2: Yeah, well, we're nearing the end of 2020. Um, I am always a big proponent of of making sure that you're taking care of your mental health. So... You know, just know that if you need extra support, it is out there. And You don't even need to pay for a therapist. Like, you know, just find communities that that you feel like you belong in if, uh, if the isol- isolation is really getting to you.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great reminder, especially as we enter 2021 and quarantining may not be out of sight. Like, yeah. it may be going a bit longer and uh, definitely a good reminder. And I will say, Ryan and I last night... Um, will this air, how far after Christmas will this air? This
1: will be in the new year.
0: Okay. Well then never mind. <laughs> What I were you going to say? say, well, I'll say this. Were you going to say, dro- go look at Christmas yeah, lights? <laughs> <laughs> we drove around it, but go look at something that makes you happy. It doesn't have to be Christmas lights, but you know, even though you are quarantined, Ryan and I have kept a pretty strict quarantine, but we did state parks. We did dri- driving with the windows down and just fresh air and listening to your favorite song. Um, Christmas lights, I was going to suggest, but this will, maybe people will still have their Christmas lights up. I, we might. I, I don't know that I'm taking anything down anytime soon. <laughs> right. But, like, just go and, as Amanda said, make sure you're taking care of your mental health and, and do something that brings you joy, whether that's a big thing or a small thing. Um, and try to seek out that support as best you can.
1: Well, thank you so much again, Amanda, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back with Oliver and Company.
0: Is Roger Rabbit before Oliver and Company? No,
1: Oliver and Company is next. Oh, okay. Roger Rabbit is after Oliver and Company. Oh, I think it's,
0: it's not in the book. It's the other
1: one. We will be back with a <laughs> 1987 Disney movie. I'm
0: so sorry. so sorry for the back and forth. Uh, that's Ryan and I wanting to stand our ground. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, guys. We'll see you next time.
0: All right. Bye. bye. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If
1: you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com.
0: Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at trpdiaries.
1: Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries.
0: Karen Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more.
1: Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review.
0: Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.